0: Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons, jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez.
1: And I'm Brad Binkley.
0: Our top story, hearings continue at the Capitol about what happened at the Capitol on January 6th. Tomorrow's March 4th. That's supposedly the day Q comes to... Celebrate the true inauguration of Donald Trump on the historical inauguration day of March 4th. From what I understand, this is probably kind of going to be like the clan in the thirties and mostly be government agents and <laughs> rather than the actual uh, activists. But there was some foreshadowing, of course, because the way you look at the way I look at these things is. They're not real, right? I, I've seen that. I, it, there were no riots. They called them riots. There it was no chance that a bunch of militiamen show up for an insurrection without their guns. Like, it's just not a true story. So if it's not a true story, then what is the story? Why are they doing this? They're doing this because they're saying, we need to change our policy because of this story. But we know the story isn't true. So they want this policy for other reasons. So... The FBI I had an FBI. Ray Christopher Ray said, "Oh, uh, we didn't really understand what the ideology was. The information, the reports that we got about online chatter were too vague. We couldn't find the actual people. We if they're not organized, so our traditional methods of getting ahead of this kind of stuff failed, and the big." push is we need to get ahead of it. To quote, the Bureau's challenge is in stopping politically motivated violence before it occurs. So that's pre-crime, that's suppression, that's censorship, that's surveillance for sure. And then he goes on to say in a perfect world, they would have been able to Take a longer time to figure out whether this information that they were getting, this chatter was reliable, was specific. If they could actually act against these people in a perfect world, we would have the time to do it right. So the implication is, what do you do then? Well, if you have to act fast, maybe you have to cast a broad net. My father used to have a t shirt he accidentally wore to church one time, which said, kill them all, let God sort them out. <laughs> <laughs> He was so embarrassed. (laughs) But uh, it was a it had a skeleton, a skull with a like a, a helmet, you know, a military helmet on it. And he didn't mean that. My father didn't really mean that. But that's what this guy is talking about. And I would say that what he's saying is our historical position of justice is that. And my father used to say this too: better that 10 guilty men go free than that one innocent man goes to jail. That's how it is, that innocent until proven guilty. It's always you cannot do that. So that is what they call a type one error. That means that you exclude people who should be in the group. So you let guilty people go. Do not put them in jail because you don't want to risk including someone in the group who doesn't belong there. I think what this guy is saying is we have to go. We have to instead prefer type 2 errors which is cast a broader net catch people who don't deserve to be in that group just to make sure that no guilty people get out. So I see that fundamental legal principle under attack here. And then the the only other thing that I thought was like pretty funny about this uh, or a little ridiculous is that He was saying that these are white supremacists. And I immediately caught in this article, it's like white supremacists. Like there was, it seems to be no theme of that. I mean, none whatsoever on that day for that reason. Then Chuck Grassley comes in with the kind of counter dialectic saying you can't forget the left extremists. And it was so weirdly juxtaposed in the Wall Street Journal that I thought, well, they're just saying they just want left and right to both be on board with what Michael Chertoff, the second Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security said that Congress should pull, lay down a a fundamental restructuring of our legal architecture. And you need both sides to want that. So you get the left afraid of white supremacists, domestic terrorists, and you get the right afraid of the Antifa and all that, which is, I think, why they're allowing both of those kind of villain groups to to kind of swap headlines back and forth.
1: Yeah, the racial angle, they never really justify quite why this Capitol thing on January 6th was a racial thing. I guess Kamala Harris, the first black vice president, or that they just call anything that they can associate with Trump or QAnon racist.
0: But actually, when you look at the pictures, it's a diverse crowd. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of like older white guys, but there's also huge, very prominent People Like anti-communist Chinese, the way you get a lot mm. of anti-communist Cubans as Republicans. And when we were in Atlanta, we got tons of calls from people. I don't know if they were Democrats or Republicans, but they were African-Americans who like Trump and would would call me out. They're like, Now you don't think Trump is racist, do you? And I'm like, I definitely not. I think he's an actor. <laughs> but I yeah. mean, so I don't see it. I didn't see it. And it's crap. But that's why I think it was just a setup for Grassley to say, yes, that's a problem, but the left extremists as
1: well. It's also part of this idea of implanting in the viewer's mind the idea that something bad and racial happened before anything actually happened, so that if something does break out, even if it's small— and not at all what they say it is. They can say, see, we told you the thing we said would happen, happened. This, that's what they did for January 6th. And as a result, they are also building even more infrastructure and increasing manpower to ensure the protection of Congress and the public and the police officers, to which I'm sure the police officers in Portland would be like, hey, guys, what about us? <laughs> well, Speaking
0: of the police officers, I heard on the news today, apropos of nothing, that the Capitol Police will not be permitted to take any vacation days this week. And I just thought, oh, my gosh, they're setting us up for like this mental, mental health issue with the police. Boy, I wonder, did we figure out where that was going? Did we crack the code on why police mental health was going to be the theme? We talked about it a lot.
1: It's a, a way like, to disarm you? police officers and, for, and take away their rights for indefinitely.
0: That is true. That is true. And they do want to swap out the social worker for the police. And anyway, well, I should go back and listen to our shows from last week because I feel like we really got really dug into that. But speaking of the foreshadowing, kind of putting it in your mind, that's coming to your town, ain't it?
1: It's a similar thing going on with the NBA All-Star Game. We've talked about some other aspects of this earlier this week. The police agencies in Atlanta, including the Fulton County prosecutor, Fannie Willis, have all made statements telling people who are coming to participate in the festivities of the All-Star Game in Atlanta, don't start trouble here. One of the quotes from Fannie Willis, the district attorney Fulton, is, if you come to Atlanta Atlanta for the All-Star Weekend and commit an act of violence, Please plan to stay at 901 Rice Street. You will get a free ride and free. You, you'll get to stay there. The, yes, yeah, it's there it's antagonistic.
0: Yeah. Why would yeah. you ever say that? Like when they have the Super Bowl, do people get up and say, "Hey, man, no drunken tailgating"? They don't say
1: it. Right. They don't say that. And here's here's the thing. It's here, they're going cool. Gonna- it is, and they're going to have police officers manning the streets, so there's going to be cops everywhere because they want to make sure nobody comes here to commit crime. They're going to have a zero tolerance policy for crime, which makes you think, isn't that always how crime <laughs> yeah. is supposed to be treated?
0: really like, so is it a lot of crack, a little
1: crack, whatever? It's fine. It's, just, it's, fine. it's don't a worry. it's a part yes. partly tolerant murder atmosphere, right, right, right. but. <laughs> Here's what's going on with the game. We talked earlier this week about the voter suppression propaganda machine that LeBron James is bringing, that they're going to be promoting, calling out the Georgia legislation the, about the voting laws and how they're only going to be letting in students from the HBCU College, historically black colleges and universities in Atlanta, where Stacey Abrams and others went. A lot of activists come out of Spelman and Morehouse. I like, guess this is a prominent place hey, to cultivate think- activists.
0: Vernon Jordan, who died today. I think he might have gone to. I think that he did. He's from Atlanta. or He he certainly was prominent in Atlanta. Uh, He went to one of those schools. So just a little shout out to that. That hardcore deep stater.
1: Yeah. So here's what you got. Not
0: like a good shout out. An acknowledgement.
1: An acknowledgement. You have inside the arena. Almost entirely black people. Because the HBCU schools are right. black mm-hmm. and they're the ones being letting in yeah. with the exception Everybody's of probably a few family members and stuff like that. So then outside you have all of these police officers who are already saying, don't you do anything. We're on edge. We're waiting. And you have a situation that if I'm an activist at Spelman or Morehouse, I'm licking my chops at the GoFundMe scam that's going to make me rich overnight because all you got to do is go out there, get your buddy to get a video camera. Not a, I say a video camera. Like so he's gonna have a camera <laughs> on his shoulders. Get your get your cell phone, get the camera ready, and go bird dog a cop until he. Does anything to you at all? And the cops have already said they're going to be ready. Who's going to get arrested if anybody gets arrested? If the demographic is going to be majority black and the police are going to be there waiting to arrest people, then chances are that a white police officer will end up arresting a black guy. So you could have a situation where an activist or legitimately somebody gets wrongly arrested. Or an activist provokes a cop, gets it on film. Bam, you got 500K in a week on GoFundMe. Six months later, when it, the real story comes out, everybody forgets to GoFundMe. Well, or, yeah, I wanna yeah. say on the other end, there could be wrong arrests also.
0: Plus, they're, yeah, that's right. Plus, they're saying right up front, we're cracking heads. We're not de-escalating. We're yeah, cracking heads. Totally. So they're playing right into it and the cops are being told that, right? So that's going to also play into the theme of these cops. Just they're out of control. Obviously, now you've got a specific thing, but just generally yeah. that atmosphere and you're going to have imagery. They're probably going to be lining the streets in riot gear, unlike the Capitol, the, the, what they saw coming on January 6th in the Capitol. And because is that they they knew it was just white right. people? They were totally taking That's selfies a with them.
1: Great point, right there. I fear that another George Floyd-like incident could. This could be set up for something like that to happen. I hope not.
0: Yeah, and it's a very racist theme. And I know that the people who are at the top are of a diverse backgrounds, but yeah. blue Trumps. Black. So right. they can they can say it because they're in those positions, but it's still a setup. And I just I see that all over the place. I'm seeing it more and more like it's almost like the really loud, the, the really like orchestrated activists about racial justice, kind of like I was saying yesterday about like taking down the Jeep Cherokee is not a <laughs> pro- american indian thing to do or native american thing to do and and this stuff like that surface racism you know outcry really doesn't focus on the real stuff which is do you do you need really need klaus schwab to make all of africa a big giant coding (laughs) center right you know like that's not really that's probably where the real trouble is but there's just always this like these contradictions and half the stuff sounds racist to me anyway
1: And in that same theme, a city in Illinois, Evanston, Illinois, has become the first city in the country to fund reparations in an effort to compensate Black Americans for the loss of generational wealth due to inequality and systemic, systemically racist policies. And the city is going to distribute ten million in tax dollars to this cause over the next decade, with twenty five thousand dollar payments going to eligible residents beginning this spring, and the program is going to be funded by a 3% tax on the newly legal recreational marijuana sales. Imagine that. Okay. Yeah.
0: Are they they messing with us?
1: That's my thoughts exactly when I read that. They they should put the tax on Lucy's,
0: loose cigarettes, you know, that they sell like in Harlem. You used to be able to go in and go to like the groceries, the little kiosk there's like the stores are just a window sometimes in the wall and you can buy a couple of lucy's for 20 cents each but it was definitely a kind of uptown thing so so their idea so nobody's going to notice that it's i mean is it supposed is it supposed to be a little dig like you're going to pay for yourself kind of thing i mean it sounds that's
1: what it sounds like to me Yeah. Uh,
0: But by the way, speaking of, I, I have two things to say about reparations. One is this idea of generational wealth. I think that would not stand up to scrutiny in our, I mean, I've read a long time ago and I'd have to see it again. And absolutely once Obama really brought in, I think, I think I shouldn't say anything about that, but it was during his administration. I think that the real tipping point occurred where. Uh, it, wealth was harder to get; it was less mobile. And once you get government connected rich, then the fam- then you can start building intergenerational wealth because the government will keep upstarts from your out of your industry, and then you get government contracts. Like that's where you really get concentration of money and power at the top, which is so funny because like the kids they think that socialism is like the way to. You equalize everything. So only equalizes everyone by taking everything from everyone. So I would say the in the generational wealth among maybe the 80 percent of the people, like maybe even 96 percent of the population is basically zero. Yeah. There's hardly any. And I absolutely have to please put in the show notes when we had that WSB show that had nothing to do with reparations. It was a three hour show. Chick calls 15 minutes in. Just re- liberal, young black woman, clearly liberal, just ranting. I have to get this off my chest. They're talking about reparations. That would be the worst thing. I can't imagine. You think that people, uh, treat us bad now? They would really resent us. That's what it's for. It's just, yeah. to, and I mean, for three hours straight, yeah. all we got was calls from black people in Atlanta against reparations to the point where we were accused of setting that up. And trust me, it was my worst nightmare because I had yeah. not thought about reparations. I had nothing. I was like, whatever, just let it all out. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. We were accused of hiring fake black people to call into the show, which is the most ridiculous by, Probably by thing. a fake
0: black person.
1: Yeah, I think so. Because it was and
0: YouTube with an avatar of the, of
1: the of a chick who looked like the person sounded right. who called, but not... I doubt it was. The callers are right. Who's going to get these twenty? this $25,000? Who gets selected? These people are going to be resented not only by, by everybody, the people who didn't get it and the people who are paying for it through the taxes.
0: And I've heard that it would include African immigrants. Interesting. I mean, that it's really about... Race. I mean, I'm not saying the Illinois thing would include African, but part of the thing, it's, you know, really starts to break down along (laughs) like logic lines. I mean, it's a little it's a little crazy. I, I don't know. I mean, hey, man, I'm for total freedom. So I'm an individualist. You're not getting any any of that, any kind of discrimination or privilege out of me. Oh, these people, they're crazy. They're just exploiting. They're just exploiting. Of
1: course. Yeah, they They are
0: exploiting. But I did see I will say this. We were talking about coming to America.
1: Yeah.
0: So there's a new one. Is that the story?
1: Yeah. Coming to the America, coming to America, too.
0: Coming there, too, I'm sure they completely messed it up because I love that movie. Every time it's on, I watch it. It's free right now. I was watching. I love Eddie Murphy. I love him personally. I love his wow, everything we'll about him. We'll
1: see how I, your opinion is after I tell oh, you about.
0: Really? Oh, that's going to bum me out. And I love that movie. And I actually noticed in the movie, I was like, okay, so this is a movie that has... I noticed this. And I know I. I you told me about what you... We're thinking, but I noticed this already was that it was basically an all black cast about different cultures, different people, different walks of life. And and it but it had nothing. It wasn't about being black. It was a great movie. And I celebrated the fact that it was an in-depth and totally humorous, but, you know, a nuanced, I shouldn't say in-depth, nuanced exploration of different cultures. And they were black right. cultures and it was fun and it had, it was, had nothing, it was nothing but a sincere comedy, in my opinion. And I well, love
1: it. Well has a very a, sweet story. There was a headline trending about coming to America too from the LA Times and the headline says, the sad reason why Louis Anderson was cast in Coming to America. That's an interesting headline. You read that and you go, what? What could be sad about a person getting cast in a movie role that helped their career financially and helped them continue to grow their career? A budding comic? And then I read the article, and the article was about how Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall have been they've been going around touring, promoting the movie. They appeared on Jimmy Kimmel's show. Oh, are they in the second one? Yeah.
0: Is it about them? Yeah. It's not a remake.
1: No, it's it's it's, it's a oh, continuation. I thought
0: it was a remake and I thought they're just going to ruin it.
1: Yeah. Well, let me do they have ruined it by this oh, story. Oh, now I'm bummed. So, during the interview, they're asked by Kimmel about Louie Anderson's involvement in the story in the in the movie, which is weird. It's a weird question to say, "Well, he had a very did, minor that, role." How did this guy who played this like three or He's four a, line part Yeah, he was a burger flipper, aspiring to work the register, if I recall correctly. At McDougal's or or whatever. Yeah. How did he – tell us about how he got a part in this movie. That's one of the strangest questions you're going to ask the stars of movies about somebody playing a minor role in a movie. And Louie Anderson does appear in the second one as well. And the answer to the movie, to this obvious setup question, is that (laughs) – Murphy and Hall said that the the reason why he was cast in it is because Paramount forced them to cast a white person. They said this was a black movie. It was the 80s. And Paramount Someone, was like. "Who
0: is there an actual quote in quotation yeah. marks?
1: It says. Who says it? This is Arcidio Hall. He says the whole cast is black. Okay, this Arsidio is the 80s. Hall. I want
0: to yeah. hear from Eddie Murphy.
1: Eddie Murphy also commented on it. Eddie okay, Murphy said I'm the here. same stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Our city Hall said, we have, we had our city Hall said Paramount was like, we have to have a white person. There has to be a white person in this movie. And Murphy added, so it was like, who's the funniest white guy around? And Louie, we knew him, so we was cool with him. So that's how Louie got in the movie. So well, it's I'll like affirmative you, it is, action.
0: It is quite possible that you would like I've noticed this, and it's kind of a fine line, but like I said, well, it's it's not it was just a good movie that was good for everybody. And so what? It was all black people, who cares? Like it didn't alienate me, but maybe there is a, a subconscious thing where it alienates people if they can't find someone of their race. I don't know.
1: Well, Here's the thing. Nobody was thinking about that. There's not a person on the planet who's watching. Who's watching Coming to America? Going. I still can't believe the original Coming to America (laughs) cast that one white person. And this, but then you bring this article. Oh, but this framed as the sad reason why they put Louis Anderson in the movie is because they injected a white person into this black movie.
0: The if they needed one white person, they actually had scripted a Jewish guy in the barbershop, but Eddie Murphy put on whiteface and played the Jewish guy. So they had a role. They If oh. they really wanted it.
1: They needed more of that. This artificial injecting race into things where it would not even be present in the mind of any of the viewers is getting absurd. Nobody's thinking about the racial element of, of yeah, white nobody people. Nobody would think about that. Like, and,
0: I mean, they probably do that... I would... So they do that overtly like in Sesame Street and stuff. I remember Sesame Street yeah, I could definitely. never relate to as a poor kid in the suburbs because they were city kids. So they could go to the they could they had a block. They could sit on the block. People would walk by. They could go to the park as a suburban kid. I had nothing. I would like literally dig in like dirt with a spoon. <laughs> That's what <laughs> I did and I just couldn't relate at all. Like I was jealous of the kids who lived Like on Sesame Street, even though they were supposed to kind of be poor kids, I think. So they, oh, they actually talk about that a lot with like Mulan, like the Disney movies. They talk about how great it is to see somebody on the screen who you can relate to. There, it's, there's obviously an element of that in, in getting your message across or in getting an audience going. I mean, why did they want a white person? Because they're racist Uh, or because they thought it would get them. A much broader audience.
1: I don't even believe the story they're telling. Yes, I believe they cast him because if you go to a McDonald's or somewhere that is in a community that is predominantly black, you're going to find one or two white guys working there. It's a more true representation of reality. And I have personally been cast as the lone white person in multiple predominantly black productions. I was yeah, at a it might repair. look funny
0: the- if there's like no one, because my co- I have cousins who stayed in the city. We moved out of Brooklyn, but I have cousins who stayed in the city. And the only thing is that Louis Anderson did not have like an inner city accent. But my cousins really, like some of them had to go to addiction school to get rid of the accent. Yeah, yeah. So they're there. I mean, it it is like, it is a diverse. It is. You know, there, want- there there are <laughs> yeah. minorities everywhere
1: these artificial race tension and division stories that they're putting in the news. It's yeah.
0: Well, I wish they would stop because I don't think like that. Like I can bring you a lots of, uh, I can give you an analysis of the difference between type one and type two errors. I can tell you the propaganda that I think is complete BS, but I don't think about sociology. I don't think about society. (laughs) I don't think about race. You know what I mean? I don't even think about psychology. Like, I'm just like, I think you're supposed to get up and work and then (laughs) make food and like take a shower and go to sleep. Like I have no, I have no insights whatsoever into, I mean, maybe there's something wrong with me. I mean, I I'm three dimensional. I don't know if I'm four dimensional. I just, I don't know. So it, it's totally out of my league. So if anything I said is wrong, let me know or ignore it. But <laughs> I, this is just my impression. I love that movie. I don't know why I totally relate to it. I related more with Lisa than with Louis Armstrong, like the, you know, the smart
1: yeah. chick who yeah. worked
0: on the thing that he loved. That's it. I did not relate to Patrice. She's a little slutty, but whatever.
1: They're just taking I'm, the things we love about culture and using it to tear us apart. Yeah,
0: but I always liked Eddie Murphy. No, But maybe it's a true story. I do. I like, like, Eddie, Murphy. I do like Eddie Murphy. I'm not disliking him for that. If he said something stupid like, take your vax like Dolly Parton.
1: Did you hear that? I saw that. I'm not going to give her any. Um, I, I, I think that she probably is. She. I think she thinks she's doing the right thing.
0: Yeah, but she called um, people who don't get a vaccine cowards. And she wrote a little poem about it.
1: I, I did hear the song. I did hear it.
0: I know you're in love with Sally Parton and I don't <laughs> want to take that away from you. And I'm in love with Eddie Murphy, so don't take that away from me.
1: I like Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall. I just don't like this artificial- I felt bad
0: for Arsenio because Eddie Murphy used to like not fall for the PC stuff at all. Yeah and Arsenio Hall was his buddy. And Eddie Murphy, I think he was I actually think he was shut out of movies for a long time because of that. And he could take it because he had made a lot of money. But Arsenio Hall, I think, also got shut down during that time. Yeah, yeah, and I, I sincerely doubt he could take it. You know,
1: he won The Apprentice.
0: Oh, all right. So he made a comeback. So I don't have an opinion about Arsenio Hall except for that. I like Eddie Murphy and Charlie Murphy.
1: Yeah, I do too. I just don't like the story. Or did
0: we just completely shoot off out of... Is there, I, I'm a little, You know what? Without Trump, the fun stuff isn't in the headlines. You know, the big stuff isn't where the fun stuff is. So I need a little break. I can't just talk about Biden all the time. But I will tell you this. I, I, I have to. What we must do in the last story of the Free 30 is we have to talk about uh, bombing Syria about the Iraq attacks. I know that I have some, you know, I have an opinion, I have stuff to read of what he said and why it's complete BS. I know you're cracking the code on it for sure. So let's do a little back and forth on that. Then in the Patron 15, I think it's funny that I'm going to say that you're that this is a trend you like. Hashtag give white men a chance. I'm going to let you explain <laughs> that in the Patron 15. And, uh I'm going to tell you about how LA Unified students will be trained to report to the authorities daily. They will be required to do it. Many people showed me sent me the super creepy video. I will tell you all about that in the Patron 15. All right. And of course, a big thanks to the sponsor of today's show. We have a new sponsor and it's it's I'm highly complimented that he is sponsoring our show. It is someone I, I uh, he goes by the nom de plume, the pen name Etienne de Boissy squared. I always thought it was called Boissy squared, but Etienne de la Boissy. I think he did the whole thing about the consent of the governed, the original Etienne de la Boaty, uh where no matter how tyrannical a government is, they require the consent of the governed. They just cannot control everyone physically. Maybe it's different now, but so this is Etienne de la Bauti. He wrote a book called Government, the biggest scam in history. And it's almost, it's almost like, a, a it's not a cartoonish, but it says a lot of pictures and it's like a coffee table book. And what it is, is it's really clever. It is designed for visual learners and it just goes through how government schools indoctrinate like Boy Scouts, the military false flags. It's really, really a cool book and it's totally accessible. I'm going to read to you what he said. It's basically he's he's sponsoring the show, but it's really getting a shout out. He said, uh, I, would, uh, I would like to tell people about an interview I just did with James Corbett. Yeah, so... Adam the agorist from Deborah Gets Red Pilled, he knows this guy and he was telling me about him. So I had DM'd him and said, I want you on the show. But I guess he's been super busy because then I just heard him on Truthzilla yesterday. This great interview with Corbett dropped. It was on the top of uh, it was the top story on the CorbettReport.com. The name of it, if you want to find it on Corbett, is how to present info for visual learners solutions watch so corbett does solutions so this is designed to take someone who has never been exposed to kind of the whole scam that government is he said he just wants to take people basically from 0 to 60 in the shortest time possible and this book really does it so it's specifically designed to wake up friends and relatives and and I and I get it I get it like I was looking at it and I, there's stuff in there I didn't know But you can't deny it. Like on every page, it's just in your face. Like you can't deny it. I almost feel like everyone should just kind of have it on their coffee table. So that when somebody comes in, although we don't interact with people anymore. But actually, a lot of the book has, you can see where the hot links would be if you go to the website or download it. The website is government-scam.com. And it's very interesting. I'll get more details from you, but he's involved in this Etienne, I will call him, the Liberty, Pro- uh, the, the Free State Project in New Hampshire. He's got all sorts of resources. I'm sure this is why Corbett thinks it's a Solutions Watch thing. It's got all sorts of resources, dates of when events are and the big festivals. It's a really fantastic resource. I really cannot uh, recommend it enough. And
1: visual is great when you can. I knew you would like the, it. Yeah.
0: I knew you would like, you'll love it. I'll send you one. And it's just one. Let me just show you the back page. The back page. Can you see? It is... All these examples from media. You see what it is?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I do. The halos it's, over the, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, it's like he's got maybe a couple dozen pictures of like Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, Donald Trump, George Bush, all pictures from the news where there's a
1: halo over the, yeah. Head, that's just that's, like that's like called transference movies. propaganda technique right there.
0: Oh, and he has another thing in there about, he, he, he highlights Michael Bay movies specifically, but, and like the movie, The Martian with um, matt damon where he says there's this anchoring scene i'm sure you know what that means So like when when he finally takes off from mars he gets his you know whatever rocket he said they immediately cut away and they do this all the time i guess with the transformers that they immediately cut away to the american flag mm-hmm. so they get you where your emotions are welling up in your heart with joy yeah. and then they just just zing that impression right into your brain. I mean, the book is good. Yeah. And yeah. I highly recommend check out the resources. Uh, I really like it. And I we're going to have him on, Etienne, we're going to have him on our show at the end of the month so people can hear from us. But he highly recommends, and I think he's right, the Corporate Report video and audio called uh, How to Present Info for Visual Learners. So hats up to him. Thank you very much for your sponsorship. And I wanted to also uh, tell people that we, we, I had an insight into like why we do this show. And I always like joke around, you want to like tell your mother-in-law what's what over dinner. But I realized that it's really not about that. It's about because I, I think it's very tempting to just unplug from the news completely and I don't blame people who do that but if you have kids in school or you, you just you know out in the world you have to kind of know what's going on or you don't have an answer for things you're going to be caught unawares you're not going to be able to like counter educate the kids the way the um, agorists or counter economics like think of this as counter education and we give a lot of free materials so A lot of people don't need the extra content from Patreon, but I would encourage people, uh, if you want to keep the free stuff going, go ahead and join Patreon. We have a $7 Truth Sponge level. It's all of our content other than what's on Rockfin and lots of other stuff, the community. Even if you don't have time for all the content. It's a great way to show your support and keep the free stuff going. And we want to be able to share it with people. We we cut down on the uh, cussing so people could share it at church. You could also share it with teens now. So the free stuff is all clean, except for the occasional mishap on my part. But I just highly recommend, if you would, show your support to us and to our sponsors. And on that note... Now, on to the last story of the Free 30. Totally a bummer of a story, which is immediately Joe Biden attacks Syria. And he claimed, it was so shocking. He claimed that everything about what he said just made me insane. He was accused of not following the war authorization. Act, which has something to do with like notifying Congress. No way. Congress has to authorize this stuff. Congress is responsible for authorizing war and for calling the president into actual service as the commander-in-chief. He's not the commander-in-chief until the Congress calls him in. You can't drop bombs unless Congress has authorized
1: it. What if, but what he, if you're a Democrat?
0: Well, yeah, because Trump, they would not feel was authorized to do this, but... I don't know. Well, Democrat, that's the war party now. So so he says the United States took this action pursuant to the their our inherent right of self-defense. He bombed Syria. Syria, mind you. And claims it was self-defense. Been keeping me a,
1: up at night, Syria.
0: Article 51 of the U.N. Charter. He thinks his authority comes from the U.N. Charter. Yeah. Is he? I mean, again, I'm, I wonder if they're effing with us.
1: I, I'm telling you, this talk with deferring to the U.N. for everything wouldn't surprise me if the U.N. Yeah. was joined or the U.N. joined us in, in taking out our domestic terrorist.
0: He also said, yeah, well, that's the thing. If Syria is a threat, then... They should drop bombs when we went into Waco. Like you know, <laughs> we we drop bombs right. on them. It's just crazy. So he said he did it in furtherance of United States national security and foreign policy interests, which that is basically in the law of a just war. So there's like a Christian concept of law of a just war. It actually says you can, that is not a just war. It's not valid. And when Republicans did it, I was considered quibbling. Now Republicans will will totally agree with me. That's what pisses me off. And he also says it's pursuant to his constitutional authority to conduct U.S. US foreign relations and as commander-in-chief. But he's not commander-in-chief unless Congress tells him to be. So that was messed up. And, of course, what happened was today now, so that he he supposedly bombed an Iranian-controlled facility in Syria uh, because Iran did something in Iraq, supposedly, such crap. And then today, supposedly, Uh, Rand did something else in Iraq. I don't believe any of this stuff. So so it supposedly killed somebody by scaring him to death because the fatality was a heart attack. Straight out of straight out of the insurrection, the alleged insurrection. And the only thing, the last thing I'll say about it is. This, uh, when you destabilize, so this is what was the whole problem with, quote, American exceptionalism. It wasn't American extraordinariness. It was American exceptionalism, exception to the rules of sovereignty. When you start messing with people, because it's like the Etienne Labotie thing, you can't, you, you need the consent of the governed. and And that's true internationally as well. So if the governed in other countries, if other countries feel that you are not governing yourself, they that changes the rules. It creates instability. And that's why they're going to start popping off at you. So I think that's what happened.
1: Yeah, I think that the narrative on this stuff, I've got a I got a hint of where it's going on CBS today or ABC, one of those two. And it's going to be this. Biden is bombing all these countries because of Trump it's trump's fault that biden is bombing all these countries and the reason it's trump's fault is because trump pulled some of the troops out of these areas and because he pulled the troops out we no longer have any influence on the ground where we would normally take care of these problems so therefore because of trump biden has no choice but to bomb all these countries that's going to be the narrative
0: they used to say that stuff about obama too like we have, you no, know, we wouldn't still be fighting in Afghanistan if Obama had yada yada. Yeah. Come on, people. Read your Bible. Not OK. Yeah. Not OK. But you know what is OK? The great patrons who have been supporting us. I want to give a shout out to Brian Reichert, TB and Etienne de la Bertie, squared. So I gave a big shout out to him in the free 30. But if you're a patron, you didn't hear it he is um did a great book called government the biggest scam in history and he and you can find that at government-scam.com and also you can see his fantastic interview with James Corbett under the com. it's called how to teach people who are visual learners i believe that is how it is titled um and you can find the book and all the resources. It's great. We're going to talk to him actually on the air later in the month. So keep aware of that. I did want to say that Reichert gave us a shout out right out of the gate. And it was simply laissez faire, which means hands off. So hat up to you for being short winded, because <laughs> I certainly need a little bit of that today, I'm a little long winded today. And I think it's pretty funny that Binkley, you and I are both wearing our True Hemp Science shirts. Without, without calling each other first to see what we were wearing today. It's like mine's. Yeah, it's a great shirt. <laughs> it's it's comfortable. So comfy. <laughs>
1: it's cool looking. I love that shirt. You guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that Monica was telling you about, go to Propaganda Report. Go to Patreon slash Propaganda Report or go to rockfin.com slash Propaganda Report. We will talk to you all in the Patreon 15 or tomorrow. Have a fantastic rest of your day.